Welcome to the Rock and Roll Research Podcast, where we share the super cool backstories and side gigs of the research and insights pros that you trust. Super excited to welcome Annie McDonald to the program today. Now, Annie works for a company called Civicom, which is a real go-to company in the insight space, kind of a Swiss army knife for all kinds of useful technologies and services, uh, whether it be things like uh, mobile ethnographies or online focus groups or online communities, all the way to the guts of research like translation and data uh, entry, all that good stuff. So yeah. um, most research companies work with Civicom in some form or another. Um, so all cool. So we first met, I first met Annie, I think it was probably 2009-ish yeah. uh, at a conference somewhere. Um, and I've had a couple of jobs along that way <laughs> since then. Annie has, is still at Civicom. She was at Civicom then. She is now. Time has been very good to her because now she's the global vice president of market research services, right? I am. Uh, yeah. So good on you, Annie. That's really cool. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, no, thanks for having me today. I'm excited uh, to be a part of the podcast. I've been at Civicom a long time. Uh, it's just a good place for me. It's, there's always room to grow. We do so many interesting things. It's always changing and evolving. And that's where I started in research as well. So that's the start of my research career. I actually worked for Civicom since 07. I started in a sales position selling for wait, another year. Wait, 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 time out, time out, time out. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. So you started at Civicom when you were seven? No, in 07. Oh, okay, okay. All right. All My right. journey goes way back. <laughs> yeah, that, that No, yeah, no, so okay. since 2007. All right. Yeah. Okay, so and, let's, let's, uh, let's back up just a little bit. Yeah. Um, because uh, I know there's this aspect of performance that's always been part of your life, and that's really cool. We're going to get into that, but... So you started Civicom in 2007, but mm -hmm. is that how you got your start in the research industry or? It, it is actually, oh. because I, I was working sales in a different area of the company. And just when shortly after the marketing research services of the company had been born. So I joined the company shortly oh, okay. after that it had started in the early 2000s. Okay. And so I made a shift from one business over to MRS, so Marketing Research Services, and the, have been here ever since. So I just loved the space. I was in sales yeah. in the beginning, so account management, client management, and I just loved the people I was working with. Researchers, nothing like researchers. They're all people, people. They interview people for a living. They love to build relationships and trust. And I had yeah. done sales like in the financial sector, which was much more black and white and cut and dry and hard selling and it was really, there was so much more heart in qualitative researchers and that whole area of the world. So I just fell in love with it and did a lot of account management uh, up until about 2017. I was doing that with Civicom and then had an opportunity to take a higher, higher lead and jumped right into that. I love leadership and I love kind of that overview. I understood every aspect of our business. So I just Dove right in, feet first, <laughs> and, and took a took on more responsibility. 
but it's been an, a crazy journey. It's been a lot of fun. And I, I love the people that we work with. We're big on people anyway. We're a tech organization, yeah. but our strengths really service. We feel like the research involves humans and insight yeah. from humans, especially in today's world. It's really important to remember that human aspect. And we provide a lot of service with the technology we provide. So it's a lot about people management and people being at their best and contributing to making research smooth and that whole space better, better quality. Yeah, quality I, actually, I actually like the model, um, the fact that you have services kind of all along uh, the project life cycle, uh, yeah. because I think like it's probably the case that companies come to you with like some very specific need. Right. Hey, can you do this? Yep. Civicom is the go-to for this. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you deliver good service. Everything goes well. And then they start asking sort of more broadly, hey, you know, can you help with this? Can you help with that? And the answer is always yes. Right. So it's really cool. It is. Well, we've <laughs> evolved a lot of services out of clients saying, I'm, I'm trying to do this, but I don't know how. Do you have something I can use to make this exercise happen or to try this methodology I've dreamed up? And then we would create technology or customize and innovate with what we have to make the right solution. And oftentimes, if you have people who are smart with the tech and they understand it, how to troubleshoot it and how to connect it, yeah. you can be really innovative with how to make that technology work for you and optimize it for whatever the research objective is. But technology is really flexible. If you add a little bit of human elbow grease in there, I think yeah. it's, um, there's so much we can do with it that hasn't, I don't think has even been tried yet. You have AI popping its head in there and things like that, but I don't think that'll cut people out of the picture at all. Just changes yeah. how, how they could be efficient. We can talk more about that later too. <laughs> oh, love it. Love it. All right. So, uh, so quick story here, you know, I've heard, I've heard about this quirks jam of musicians getting together at quirks, New York city, uh, every year and they play a couple sets and, um, Few people have told me about it along the way, and and this year, lo and behold, um, I may have weaselled my way into that, which is super exciting. <laughs> Play a few songs on the drums, why not? But uh, looking at the at the distro list on the email, I see Annie McDonald. Like you, that is so cool. What's up with that? So so obviously, I know you're a singer. Uh, we chatted before. I know you've done some modeling, all that good stuff. So tell us yeah. your Tell us your journey with performance. What's that? Oh my gosh, the journey of performing. So performing is a pretty broad category for me. I was, um, goes back to my roots. I was raised by some pretty strong female characters. My grandmother was a single mom in the 50s with four kids and built a business uh, making puppet shows. Uh, so she trained her kids how to work them and she made hand puppets to start. They did they went around to like zoos and did puppet shows out of the back of a van. And then we have an amusement park in Kansas City is where I'm based. And they opened 50 years ago this year, actually. There's a display um, in the park of old performers from the initial years of the park. Anyway, they got a contract with the amusement park and they set my uh, grandmother, her family, my mom and my aunts and uncles up with an old big old gypsy wagon they transformed into a stage and yeah. marionette shows they were there for 23 <laughs> years doing marionette shows I think that was my first paying gig was doing <laughs> marionettes and I was a kid I'd spend most of my summers backstage at this gypsy wagon surrounded by performers and eccentric artists and it was a really interesting way to grow up um 
So almost kind of like a carny style. Oh, right? total carny. Yes, yes. absolutely. <laughs> that kind of a mentality and lots of just performers coming and going. And my, my dad played music and but he didn't really perform much with it. Um, so there's definitely music in the blood and performer in the blood. And um, my, my grandmother was an incredible artist in general. She handmade, yeah. pu the puppets were made out of clay and paper mache and she hand and made everything so it was really incredible what she created over you know 30 40 years of a career doing it yeah. um I went from that kind of performing to like in junior high starting like classical voice training and competing through high school with that kind of stuff so that's the only oh, wow. instrument I could ever play <laughs> I cannot yeah. play anything else but pipes that belong in my own body, I think I could handle that. So um, <laughs> I figured that out. I uh, was competing through high school with that. I got into modeling by chance. And so that was a nice fit for the performer side of me too. Um, yeah. And I traveled for a long time. That was a little different though, because I just heard an agent say words like Paris and Milan and New York. And I'm like signing the paperwork before he finishes talking, you know, ready to yeah. go. So I did a lot of traveling and kind of that's performer you're up on a stage at a lot of runway that kind of modeling it's a really fun way to very cool an adolescent right yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> and then yeah I didn't perform for a long time and the MR Jam found me somebody positioned it to me like karaoke with a live band and I'm like <laughs> okay I get terrible stage fright so it takes a little bit of liquid courage but I had a blast <laughs> last year oh my gosh so last year was my first year doing it um, but I love to rock out and it's still, I still love to sing. I married a musician that can play just about anything. Yeah. Um, so we do a lot of jamming here at home, my kids and stuff like that too, pass it along <laughs> the performer gene, but yeah, performing since way back. Yeah. It's in the blood. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> jam in July. Look out. I can't wait to see you on stage. I wasn't there last year. So, uh, I'm really stoked couple of other yeah. familiar faces uh, who are going to be gracing the stage as well. So um, I am really looking forward to this one. So, so, yeah. so with that kind of, uh, with that kind of background, uh, performance early, sort of carny life, uh, maybe you did start working at seven rather than oh, seven. <laughs> like a little a, bit, yep. <laughs> backstage duties, as it were. <laughs> Is there anything you took from that background or experience that you have applied into your day job at Civicom? I think absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of... Um, yeah, you have to fake confidence sometimes. Like I mentioned, I get stage fright. That's a common thing. But life yeah. has kind of thrown me on a stage throughout my life. So you just kind of learn how to mask that a little bit, be comfortable, show that confidence despite the internal turmoil that you might be experiencing. So that's really helpful under pressure situations. I do plenty of like webinars and presentations and things like that that require that performer side to come on out. So that's really helpful. Um, and I think improvisation, oh my goodness, of being able to improvise and think on your feet uh, in the space that I work in with tech, that's always needed. I was talking about the innovation of how we make tech work together and optimize it. Right. So you're constantly trying to look at things from different angles. You know, you can get up on stage and suddenly your mic gives out or you're, I, I saw someone else on your show saying that they had the wrong side of the tape playing for their talent show and oh, it's like yes. these yes. things yes. happen <laughs> and you've got to think through what do you do in that moment so you've got to be able to think on your feet and still keep the confidence strong so per performance yeah. is definitely 
given me that. I, I think the other thing is uh, exposure to a lot of really strong personalities, strong people. My grandmother was strong, my mother, and you know, people I met throughout my travels and things like that for leadership skills, really. So I managed a number of people, a lot of people um, at Civicom and the leadership aspect of it is really important um, and keeping a positive tone is like you're keeping your troops motivated to get on and smile on stage for the next show, so to speak. Sure. So a lot of benefits from that perspective, keeping the leadership strong, keeping things organized, thinking on your feet yeah, and having that confidence to at least make it look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I can totally relate to that because I feel like um, having done a fair amount of public speaking and yeah. you know, important presentations, all that kind of stuff. Um, the fact that I had some really terrible gigs growing up um, and learning how to improvise when other people screw up, when you screw up, how do you get back on track? Um, and how do you get back on track? Not just getting back on time, but but emotionally as well and calming yourself down and and owning the moment once again um i i think yeah. it's 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 a super helpful sort of failure ground for when it really matters later on so i absolutely agree with that yeah. yeah yeah super cool so so you've been at civicom for something like 15 16 years right yeah uh, and so much has changed uh, in research uh, and in our daily lives, the technology we interact with, everything, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm curious to know at this point, uh, as you look at from where we are, what does the future look like? What's going to be important? What are you planning for? Right. It's, there's this continual technology evolution happening, just an explosion of technology, I think, since the pandemic hit. Um, and a comfort level with it. Uh, that's something else that I noticed. Uh, you, most of what we do at Civicom has always been IDIs and focus groups, the support of those, execution of those in like an online space. Sure. And I remember having conversations with researchers prior to the pandemic, still trying to convince them that online was just as good as in person. Like you really can get insights if you go online. And that was the argument. Like that was the big pain point. It's like switching from in-person to the online space. And then- right pandemic happens and everybody's comfortable. You have to be <laughs> yeah. comfortable with that online space. And so now the conversations have shifted. Uh, the comfort level, you know, people's technical acumen is, is increased and they're much more comfortable with handling things or being in this kind of space. They understand the value. Okay, I can get insights. This does work. This is a fine alternative to doing things in person. Mm -hmm. um, I think respondents even are not as, as eager to get back in person. They love the convenience of just being online for for participating um so i think th that it's really interesting to see that because there's more i think it's easier for researchers to buy into what's possible out there what they can do with all the technology and more openness to exploring it trying it walking through it yeah so i think that tech continues to evolve um security is really important though so like knowing what kind of tech you're using how seriously vendors you're working with are taking that tech what happens to your data when you're using an outside third third-party vendor um and so having that focus on security that's another direction that everything's going in terms of the evolution of data privacy regulations especially in the states oh my gosh every state's yeah. trying to figure it out and i think there will be some kind of federal regulation that comes down and forces us to handle data differently 
uh, GDPR, anybody who's gone ahead and bitten the GDPR, you know, bullet yeah. and made it the, you know, compliance happen there kind of understands what's going to be expected of them once everything happens like that in the States. Um, those who aren't ready, some people are like, I don't work in Europe, so I don't need to worry about GDPR, but you're, you're going to have to worry about regulation yeah. eventually. So I think that's the other thing that'll evolve is how we're being held to security standards and controlling data for people. And then AI. AI is the other thing. There's so yeah. much yeah. talk about it. Oh my gosh. And people are getting AI fatigue. Yeah. Um, tech fatigue. It was tech fatigue. I remember there's big data fatigue. I don't know if everybody's talking about big data anymore. Um, but AI is just moving so rapidly and the way it impacts things globally from every perspective. Every industry is looking at how they could employ AI, use AI. It's not just in research. But yeah. it's like another global wave, similar to how we all experienced lockdown together. We're all going to experience this shift of technology together. Um, and I think being able to understand it, not be afraid of it, embracing it uh, and understanding how it can benefit people yeah. um, is really important. But I'm curious to see what all it will do. I think we haven't seen all that AI will be applied for yet and that that'll continue to surprise us along sure. the way. Um, I think it's huge advantage for qualitative research because it's going the right the purpose that it has in processing analysis mm -hmm. and expediting a process that otherwise is, is takes days and hours of humans pouring over lines and lines of transcript and data yeah. it's going to reduce that down so much so it's like a superpower super processor yes. i love uh, i've seen a lot of presentations where they're talking about AI being a superpower, and I like that analogy. Um, I think it complements strengths that researchers already have, um, but you have to know how to use it. And I think that's gonna impact things. You see so much movement in the industry with layoffs and things like that, but you hear about hiring also happening. There's a lot of movement back and forth yeah. in terms of people in the industry. And I think the more you know about AI and how to optimize it for yourself. I keep using the optimize word, but really that's what humans do with technology is optimize it for what you need it for. Um, so understand how to ask probing questions, how to utilize it, understand the weaknesses of it. You can't trust output that AI puts out there hundred percent. It's plausible, but not accurate. <laughs> um, and so knowing how to validate that, how to ask it the right questions, how to validate what it outputs, I think are going to be really important skills for researchers in the future. Oh, yeah. I, don't mind. I don't know if you can hear my dog snoring. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's <laughs> all right. Um, uh, a, lot of, a lot of really good stuff there. I'd like to comment on a couple of things if I oh, might. Yeah. Um, the first is um, AI. I think what it's really done is, you know, one of the biggest problems, challenges in insights for a long time has been unstructured data. Um and that's where AI has really come in and presented the first real, uh, you know, scalable solution to handling reams and reams and reams and reams of unstructured data. So that's where I, I see the promise. So I, I agree with you. Um, the other thing is, I think it's really insightful to call out um, privacy and compliance because that that has uh, real world implications and applications for for all of us on the ground in insights. So just an anecdote on that, the company that I work for during the day, Market Vision, um, we have an attorney on staff, not so much to review contracts and negotiate, but actually to be on project teams 
uh, to ensure that the privacy codes are followed, that compliance is, is handled, um, and to identify any watchouts. So actually riding along because um, it is changing very rapidly. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it is complex mm -hmm. um, and people aren't accountable for it. It's hard for a researcher to stay up to, up to, to date on it. So you need someone sitting on a team that can do it. And so that's that's a real world sort of change that I think is is not something I'd ever seen before in Insight. So it's kind of cool. Right, yeah, there's, there's opportunity in there. Um, and it ended importance in understanding it. Um, and then eventually those individuals whose data were working really hard to protect will start to understand it as well. And I think in, in, in Europe, you see a bit of that. It's the right to be forgotten, right? That's the most important thing. Can you yeah. take my data? Can you make sure it's right. removed? Um, and being able to trace every place that it goes, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy, especially in my line of work, how much information comes in the door and where all the places and points it touches and just tracking all of that and keeping it organized. Um, but I think that globally participants will get more responsible or aware of what's happening with their information. The U.S. has just been a little lackadaisical about it. Yeah. <laughs> I think Americans don't really care as much. They'll give their information away in a heartbeat. But yeah. there's some countries where they really care. Uh, and I think eventually that'll it'll start to soak to the rest of our nation and then the rest of the world as well. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Cool. All right, Annie. So this is podcast. It's media. I think you do a little bit of podcasting for Civicom as well. Get my feet um, wet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, so when you think of media that, I mean, you're busy, right? All that sort mm -hmm. of thing. So everyone consumes media. What are you going to for insight, inspiration, or enjoyment? What cuts through uh, the time barrier for you and you sit down and spend time with nowadays? Yeah. So I have kids. I don't do much in the evenings. And um, so I'm not big on media on my the personal side of my life, but really in terms of, oh, I just completely entrench myself in networking and watching um, content online and, and jumping around to different places. So uh, some areas that I'm consistently active is the MRX pros group. I don't know if you have heard yeah. of the MRX pros. I love yeah. that group. They have so much great content um, and there's so, great networking opportunities there, but. Ray, Ray Pointer is involved in that, right? So, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. so. Um, and uh, Janet Standen and, and I see Kai Fuentes always there. Um, there's a huge group of, it's a huge network today. I heard about it for the first time last year. Uh, the Insights Association. I'm like, oh yeah, sure, I'll sign up for that. And then, oh, every they meet every Tuesday, every Friday. There's always somebody coming on to present sure. about something or other. Um, and there's always really good, just networking opportunities. They talk about the industry and uh, the evolution of the industry, but also uh, just being a professional and having healthy work-life balance and. Yeah, it's a great network. Um, I, I listen to your podcast too. And so I listen to your <laughs> shows. You have some great episodes. So definitely people should check your podcast out if they haven't heard some of the other episodes. Uh, you've done something really awesome with the Rock and Roll Researcher podcast. So I love it. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then other than that, it's just industry stuff. You know, follow if somebody I know posts something awesome on LinkedIn. I'm always kind of sh scrolling, yeah. doing the, the death scroll, right? To find yes. out. What's the latest that the people I know are interested in or that's catching their attention? And so jump around media that way too. Yeah. yeah. Jump around, jump up, jump up and get down, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. So uh, so that leads us to our final question, of course. 
We haven't talked a lot of rock and roll yet, but now we need to. Uh, doesn't have to be rock and roll. I don't want to uh, <laughs> bias your answers here. Uh, but if you listen to the podcast, you know what's coming, Annie. So you're stranded on a desert island, right? Yeah. You have three records at your disposal to keep you company for the rest of your days. You're choosing, entirely your choosing. What are they? This was a really hard question to prepare <laughs> for, Matt. Uh, this one was really difficult. And I think I think someone's answers change with the phase of life, right? So as you're going through different Definitely. phases and different times yes. of life, your, your choices would change. But as of today, um, I, I have to get my rock and roll out and my favorite all-time ever band is Led Zeppelin and I would need ah, a, yes. a nice catalog of Led Zeppelin. So I, I think I'd go with like the BBC sessions uh, from oh, yeah. Led Zeppelin to get a nice, to get the lead out, you know, on yes, the desert get island. the lead out on the island. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's my key rock and roll. I could, I love it. I could sing to it all day long and I just got to sit and listen to it sometimes. It does good for my soul. Um, I need a female vocalist in there, you know, um, for obvious reasons. And that was difficult too, to pick out which one, but I decided to go with Billie Holiday. She has an ah, album from the fifties yes. called Billie Holiday Sings and yes. love Billie Holiday. Um, Big so, fan. Big yeah, fan. so that would be my next one. Love it. And then I, I was classically voice trained. And so I have, I love classical music. I need to just be quiet and listen to calm classical music sometimes but I oh that was difficult too uh but I chose I would want some kind of compilation of like Chopin's nocturnes I think okay something yeah. calm and peaceful sometimes a little sad <laughs> yeah. um but yeah no I think those would be those would get me through on my desert island days <laughs> yeah. yeah interesting it's very logical thread through, throughout your answer so nice choices <laughs> Nice choices. Very nice. I think I would probably stop by and visit you on the island and listen to some music for a while. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> Bring some cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> Corona. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We'll see about that. Cool. Awesome, Annie. This has been a great chat. Um, and I'm super excited to see you next month at Corpse. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be awesome. So <laughs> I'm I'm excited you're part of the the band this time it's going to be a lot of fun uh quirks in new york is always a great event so it'll be good to yeah. see you there yeah looking forward totally. to it totally excellent all right so we will talk soon for sure yeah. we'll catch up in person thanks so much annie rock and roll <laughs>